Welcome to the Women in Work podcast, the show that inspires you to confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. I'm Courtney Moore. And I'm Missy Branch. No matter if you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, on staff at your church, or a stay-at-home mom with little ones wrapped around your ankles, your work matters. And God wants to use you right where you are for His kingdom purposes. Thanks so much for joining us today. Courtney, I'm so excited about who we have as a guest today. I happen to have the privilege of being a friend of hers, and she is awesome. I love when I know famous people. Um, <laughs> no, she's awesome. Um, her name is Jaylene Daniels. Uh, Jaylene grew up in Denver and played soccer in high school and college. In 2015, she was selected seventh overall in the National Women's Soccer League College Draft by the Western New York Flash. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yep. She moved to M. She played there, then moved to North Carolina and joined the North Carolina Courage. And she's played professionally in multiple leagues and with several teams. So, Jaylene, we are so honored for you to be here today. We cannot wait to learn more about soccer in general, <laughs> and we can't wait to hear how the Lord has really worked in your life through this sport and how you have mm-hmm. just really lived for Him through a sport. So, we're really curious to hear about that. And guys, let me just tell y'all a little bit about how good this girl is in soccer. Um, she, um, she's she got so many awards and accolades, guys, we really could not even go through it here. But I do want to quote for y'all. I read a quote from her coach in North Carolina. His name was Paul Riley. When she retired last November, she she recently retired from the game. This is what he said of her. He said, Jaylene is unquestionably the best left back in the world. The complete modern fullback, tremendous engine speed delivery, brilliant going forward and tough to beat one-on-one. You can't replace Jay, but you can look back and know that she had a marvelous career. And so, Jaylene, I mean, we're just really honored for you to be here. I've never actually met a professional athlete before, especially a woman. And so I'm just thrilled to learn and uh, hear about how you're viewing all of this through your Christian lens. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. But before we jump into that, we'll let Jaylene tell us more about herself. But Courtney's got to introduce some things. Yeah, well, Jaylene, one of the things we like to do when we have guests on is do this fun little game called, uh, it's just a rapid fire question. We ask the same three questions to all of our guests. You up for playing this? Yes, of course. All right, Jaylene. So when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a chef. I wanted to go to culinary school, get into the whole restaurant business. That was like a long time dream before like professional soccer. So <laughs> that field is pretty cutthroat like like sports. So yeah, <laughs> no pressure in your life. Did you end up cooking a lot? Like in the kitchen? Were you in there a lot? Like wonder what was so interesting to you about that as a kid? Yeah, I loved cooking as a kid because my, I would cook with my dad. My dad actually did a lot of our like actual home cooking. My mom had like her specialty like dishes that she always did, but I think my dad always liked experimenting with things and he did our grocery shopping. So it was, I think it was more or less more bonding with my dad. And then I ended up actually loving cooking. Um, I don't do a ton of it anymore, but I think that's why I wanted to make a career out of it. I see. I see. Yeah. Well, the second question is what was your first job? My first job was actually a professional athlete. Wow. <laughs> I didn't have awesome. any other job before that. Wow. 
Yeah, that was totally the Lord and my parents being like, you don't need to worry about it. Just do your thing. So I was so blessed to not have to like do some random job. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. Our last question is, when you are 80 years old, what kind of work do you hope that you will be doing? Honestly, I feel like when I'm 80, I would just want to be with hopefully my future grandkids. I don't know about if there's any any work I'll still be wanting to do. <laughs> but we'll see. When you're 80. Yeah. Well, Courtney, the thing that I'm excited about is that um, Jaylene's life has been interesting and her career has been interesting. So Jaylene, I'm excited to jump in and just learn more about you. So our first question for you is what role did your Christian faith play in your work as an athlete? Like how did the Lord use sports to grow your faith? For me, sports really was a reflection of just my my whole life. So I think the Lord was just gracious to kind of meet me where I already was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think sports just allowed me to, um, I think as the years went on, I had to do a lot more leaning into him um, than I think just having sports as like an avenue that most kids enjoy. And I definitely loved it. But I think sports kind of grew me in the sense of a deeper relationship with the Lord. I think sports is a unique environment to be a Christian. And so I think it just propelled me into a a deeper relationship. I think he used um, the different places that I ended up being in soccer to really push me closer to him as well. Um, I'm such a homebody. And so I think all the places that I had to go because of soccer really, I think, again, just I had to lean a lot into the Lord and and always kind of go back to him for my confidence and my trust in what I was doing and the sacrifices that were being made along the way. Of, I think just always counting the cost with him as well, because um, I do think sports definitely took some of my Christian community away from me as well. Um, so I think that there was a lot of individual growth, too, in my sports journey and especially with my walk with the Lord. Very interesting. Now, uh, Jaylene, I just want to go back and get a little background history. I'm kind of curious, when did you become a Christian? And then also, when did you begin playing soccer? Yeah, so I started playing when I was four. Um, and it was just because my two older siblings, so I have two older brother, or an older brother, an older sister, and a younger brother. And so my two older ones that I grew up with played soccer. And so I, that was kind of like the one way I could connect with them. My older brother is six years older than me and my sister is four years older. So it's just kind of hard to like, I think bond over anything else and they let me play with them. So of course I went with it. Um, and then in terms of my belief and faith in Christ, um, I grew up in a Christian home. And so I think for a long time, it didn't really, I think, sit with me all that I was blessed to have in that environment. Um, I think for a long time, I wanted my testimony to be like some radical conversion. And I think, you know, the Lord definitely held me in his hand and let me enjoy him and his goodness for the majority of my life. Um, I would probably say, though, that I really dedicated my life to Christ in college. Um, So it was a little bit later in life where I think I started to walk it out on my own and not just on my parents' convictions or on what they believed. Sure, sure, sure. And so you really, you played soccer since you were four years old. I'm sure you played Mm -hmm. on all different kind of leagues and clubs throughout high school. You went to college and played soccer. Um, And then, of course, as Missy said in our um, intro, that you were chosen in the seventh 
I don't know the language because I'm not an athlete, but it's the seventh <laughs> round of the draft or just put that in the right phrase. Yeah, so it was, the, it was the first round and I was the seventh pick in the first, first round. round, seventh pick. Thank you. I yeah. know that means yeah. you're really good, but I didn't know. <laughs> but to be that good, Jaylene, I am just thinking mm-hmm. about the discipline, the physical discipline it took all of those years of practicing the hard work involved of just the physical aspect of the game, the game becoming good, all of the the work it took of just excelling on the field. And besides that, just the mental fortitude, right? And so talk about how you got there. How did, how, I mean, I look at myself and I'm like, I just, wow, I'm really (laughs) respect you guys because I just, (laughs) So how how did you get there? How did you endure? How did you create physical endurance, mental endurance? Mm -hmm. And then do you ever think about how that relates to the Christian life? You know, Paul Mm -hmm. talks about spiritual discipline and physical, you know, all that. So Um, I think I was, I was definitely blessed to have a lot of people in my corner. Um, I did not grow up the confident kid on the soccer field. I didn't feel like I was good didn't really feel like that was going to be an opportunity for me to play professionally. There wasn't a league yet. Um, so I think just over the years, it was just something that I think in the back of my head was going to hopefully pay for college. And I think that at the time was a lot of women athletes um, desires was just to get a scholarship because um, there weren't a lot of leagues if any back then. Um, and so I think just along the way, I definitely had days where I wanted to quit. Um, I definitely felt like I was giving up areas of my life that, didn't seem worth it at the time. Um, and little things that I think now looking back are a little, but in the moment, like being at a friend's birthday party or missing um, a school dance or all the things that you feel like you're socially missing out on because you're choosing to go kick a soccer ball for 90 minutes. And I think I had friends and my parents for sure. And even coaches that we're just like, you know, we see so much potential in you. And I think I had to wrestle with that for a long time because I, I definitely didn't see the potential, but I think my coaches did. And I think there was just a lot of times you feel like coaches tell their athletes things they want to hear. And if they're good coaches, they won't. But um, I just felt like, man, I might just be another person that they're just like, oh, you'll get, you'll get somewhere with this, you know. Um, and so I think just the Lord being gracious to continue um to let me have some belief in what I was doing. Um, and I really don't think it was maybe until college that I was like, okay, like at least I'll give it a shot. I mean, I remember having a really long conversation with my college coach cause I wasn't even going to enter the draft. And he was like, you're crazy. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Wow. Um, and so I, I think just the mental endurance was probably the hardest for me. I think physically for whatever reason, that's always kind of come naturally. Um, just being able to, to run for a long time or um, to do different things with the soccer ball at your feet where I, my hands are useless. Like I can't catch anything, but I can use my feet well. Um, and so I think just the, the mental side was the hardest part. And I think relating that to the Christian faith for me was really important because I do feel a lot of our walk with Christ is a mental battle of just, is this worth it? Is the cost of it um, really what the Bible says it'll be worth? Um, and so I think, Connecting those two for me, um, when it actually did connect, it was really special um, because I think it it then flowed into the rest of my life. I still wouldn't say I'm a super confident person, but I think because of 
the mental endurance that, I mean, even Paul talks about, the physical endurance, running the race, um, those are all really um, comparable to an athlete. Like You can envision when Paul's saying, like, I want to finish this race well. I want to um, run the race that's been set before me as an athlete. You're like, yeah, I want to finish strong. Like, I want to receive the prize at the end of this. Um, and so I think just starting to, like, mesh those two worlds more intentionally was really important and special to me. And I think that's really what allowed me to keep going, I think, in soccer as well, because even on the days where it was like, man, I don't know if this is worth it. I think the Lord would give me someone to talk to about Christ in the locker room or seeing um, an opportunity to have an interview about my faith in sports. And I was like, man, I really can use, you know, sports in a special way as a believer. Um, And so I think that was I think just seeing those two worlds collide and you're thinking like, I don't know how this will ever work. Cause I, I just feel like an, an athlete in general is just so different than most. I just, the athletes that I've met and been around, like you, you just see the world, I think a little bit differently. And you're, you kind of, I don't know, you take it all in, in a different way. And so I think sometimes when you're trying to mesh the two, it can feel challenging, but I think the Lord just brought a lot of good people and strong believers into my life to kind of guide me in that. That's great. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. One of the things that is on trend right now is the the topic of self-care and really just investing in caring for ourselves, our body, our free time. And sometimes it can go to the idol level, I think. Mm -hmm. One of the things that is really true in, in the Bible is that the Bible talks about our bodies being our temples and that we should care about what we put in it and what we know that what comes in is what what comes out is truly what is inside. So let's talk about to, a little bit about using your body to glorify God, even through soccer, through sports, but even being intentional in the way we carry ourselves and care for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, kind of what you already talked about, just like our bodies being a temple. I think sometimes it's easy to neglect that aspect of our life because of the various things that we have going on. I mean, especially the last year, I feel like even though, COVID it's been crazy like everyone still had so much going on and I think we all had to like stop and process of how do I care for me so I can care for others and I think as Missy said too like it can become an idol like if we're too invested in ourselves but I do think that there's an element of even as a Christian like in order to better help someone else like we have to know our worth and our value and be confident in that in order to you know extend a hand to someone else and I think athletes for sure, maybe just have have to be not even because it's a a Christian thing, but you have to be more intentional with your body. Like that's your tool. That's what that's right. how you bring your paycheck in. Is if you're injured or you're not, you know, performing at the level you should be. It's more often than not, it's a physical problem that you're facing. So I think there there's always been the intentionality. It's like you hear a lot of athletes talk about, you know, I'm fueling my body this way, or I'm making sure I get this many hours of sleep, or and I think they're all good things. And I think, I mean if you know we're being talked about it in the bible as our bodies being a temple i think not just for like the indwelling of the spirit but the physical um endurance of it all like life can be hard and challenging and i think our bodies have to be ready to you know i guess quote unquote perform for our our day-to-day living well and it's so interesting jaylene because my background you know i was called to ministry in high school And so everything that I was always surrounded with, all of my friends, we were all in ministry. So we were always more focused on your heart and what, how your spiritual life is. And so really 
I feel like my, most of my even friends, and even now as a grown woman with children, I still really have not put a lot of emphasis on my body. And so it's just interesting how you really could go either way. You know, you could kind of forget mm-hmm. your body, you know, and yeah, yeah. wait, God made this physical body and it is good and it is intentional. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had intention when he created us in these bodies. Um, so we can't, like for me, I just kind of want to forget it and not take care of it and not get enough sleep or I just, Oh, injured. Okay. (laughs) But for it could be the opposite, you know? Um, and so it's just a very interesting, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if there's a good balance there or not, but it is a very interesting concept to think that the body is good and that we should use at women in work. We talk a lot about, um, using all of our gifts and all that he has put within us really to max out the full potential for his glory. And so I think that's another reason with, with, with thinking about you and your experience, it's really admirable to me to, that I can look at you and say, here's a woman who said, this is the body God gave me and I'm going to use it to the max. I'm going to be the best soccer player I can be on that field. And I've seen a lot on your um, mm-hmm. Instagram. You really love Colossians 3.23 you know, doing all things to the, to the glory of God. And so, um, very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's hard to find the balance. I feel like, um, because it is so, I mean, even now being retired, I feel like I have to be more intentional about being out and doing something because my days as an athlete, it was all planned and I knew the exercise I was getting in and I knew I'd be in the weight room and, and I knew I needed to eat this way and that way. And I feel like with the freedom that comes with not being an athlete, you almost, at least for me, the intentionality has to be so much more there. Um, and thankfully I do have a husband that loves to work out. So I get a little bit of boost there, but it is hard. And then it is, especially, I think we don't have kids yet, but I can only imagine like when you're, you know, in charge of tiny little kids and you have all these things planned out in your day. And I mean, I'm sure the self care becomes that much harder to like be intentional about. So I do feel like the balance is a part of just the planning and the intentionality. And I think even that can be a, a struggle. <laughs> I think it's so sweet that the Bible says that everything is permissible for me, but mm. not everything is beneficial, which really just leans into balance and discernment yeah. and intentional thinking out your time and what you eat and the way you exercise or mm-hmm. don't exercise. And so, yeah, I think you're right <laughs> on Courtney. And then also Jaylene, that there's a balance that we have to look for in that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, you talked about a lot of the sacrifices you've made along the way. And one of the things you said was really, um, you felt like you had kind of missed out a bit on just being in a Christian environment. And so I wanted you to just share with us just what it was like to be on this team. I mean, I assume you were probably one of the few believers, um, Mm -hmm. at through the years that would you say that is accurate? Yeah, I would. Okay. So how would you talk about these girls, women, I guess I should say, no doubt you, it's so interesting because no doubt you love these women. Mm -hmm. You guys are unified in one sense, you know, you're all toward that same goal, but then under a few layers, you know, you probably have different beliefs Mm -hmm. and all of that. And so how, how did you keep your faith strong in the midst of really an environment that wasn't really pushing you toward that. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the one thing that's been great about our league is that we do have a chaplain. Her name's Lori Krieger. Um, And she kind of 
make sure that each team has a chaplain if they want to. And thankfully, um, the, I guess it's been one team, but the two teams I've been a part of, um, there's always been at least, you know, five or six of us that would like to do something um, intentional, whether it was like a Bible study or we would go and hang out at someone's house and just try and build a community outside of the relationships that we had on the field. Um, I think that was really important for me um, just to have at least one person keeping me accountable in what I was reading or listening to or watching. Um, I think it's huge because like you said, it's an environment where that's not really the focus of why you're there. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's hard to keep the focus of Christ when your whole focus is about winning games and, and tournaments and championships and it does become that much more trickier when you're in an environment where the beliefs are so different. Um, I mean, you kind of hit every part of the spectrum when it comes to the beliefs um, and you're working so closely with these people. And I'm sure in other um, in work environments, it's the same thing. Um, but I think like, especially on our team, it was challenging for sure um, because I think the world of athletes is just, a little bit more um, progressive in nature. I think a lot of the things that come about in like the secular culture kind of start to, I feel like the sports world is a little bit of a breeding ground for it. Um, and so you're kind of always being um, challenged, which I think is great as a believer to really focus on why you believe what you believe and, and where you're gathering that from and why it's important to you to hold to these values. So I think that was also um really beneficial for my faith that I didn't feel like I was ever stagnant. Like I was always thinking about something or processing with someone about something that was going on um, in our environment as a team. So, um, but I do think like that there is a couple of us that I do believe really had strong faith and were wanting to live that out together. Um, and so I think I was just blessed to have at least, you know, a teammate or two that wanted to continue to pursue Christ in the environment that we were in. So that was definitely a, a huge blessing for me. And I don't, I can't speak for all the teams. I know most teams have a chaplain, but you know, some teams opt not to ever meet with them and some teams do meet with them. Um, and so I think it was just, it was sweet that there was always a handful of people on our team that wanted to take that time to grow. Right. And just as you talk about all the different beliefs on the spectrum, I mean, one of, I feel like a really hot topic right now is the idea of transgender females i.e. biological males participating in um, female sports. Mm -hmm. Just since you're a professional athlete, um, have you thought much about that dynamic or just what are your thoughts about that topic? Yeah, I mean, we haven't had too much, I guess, of a conversation. I feel like our team was always talking about something, especially last year. We were having a conversation about everything that was happening in the world. Um but I think for me, thinking about, you know, transgender females joining women's sports, um, I guess there's different, a couple of different things that I've like thought about and processed through and not being in that world, I guess it doesn't affect me as much anymore. But I mean, I think there is a, there is a difference between men and women. And I think especially when it comes to sports and the physicality of it, um, men are typically faster, men are typically stronger, like on the national team as um, when we would prepare for games, we would scrimmage boys. And when I say boys, I mean like U15, U16 boys, because we can't keep up with the speed and agility and the physicality of boys much older than that. Um, and so I just think when you're biologically made one way, 
and then you enter into a sport. I think it takes away um, for the opportunity for women to excel who, you know, biologically were made with what they were given, you know, and the skills that they were born with and the things that they've had to um, strengthen and get better at and adjust to. So it's hard in the sense of um, as a competitor, it makes me feel like how am I going to compete with someone who biologically is a man um, but is identifying and has you know, chosen to switch to becoming a, a female. It's just, I think the competition part of me, maybe that's just <laughs> the fleshly part of me, but not a huge fan of that idea. <laughs> what I think would be interesting also is to hear, um, I'm like you, so I'm not a professional. There's no sport that I'll be a professional at. <laughs> I did run track and I did for a yeah. long time and I loved it. And I do know that it is the nature of a competitive person to look for the person that you know you can beat. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think that there's a sense in which it almost feels like an unbalanced scale. But I do know that as Christians, it also would give us an incredible opportunity to love on and show the love of Christ in a space that we probably yeah. wouldn't ordinarily. Would you agree? Right. No, I think definitely. I mean, I think any opportunity that would arise in you being able to share the gospel as a win. I mean, cause that's ultimately, you know, what we're here for as believers is to point as many people to Jesus as we can. And, you know, if that takes a, a transgender, you know, female or a biological male to come into your locker room to have that opportunity, then I think as you're saying, Missy, like just the, the opportunity to have that discussion with someone that might not have, um, I guess the opportunity to hear about the love of Christ or be shown the love of Christ. I think, you know, if it were to come to the point where, you know, that would be a thing in the sports world, I think, yeah, believers should be the first ones to, you know, by their, their words and their actions, you know, to come alongside of those who would identify as such and to point them to Christ. I think that would be a a definite gospel opportunity. (laughs) Well, I know I've had the opportunity to chat with you and be involved a little bit in your world when you've had to show extreme courage in your calling in the sports world. And um, it's actually really humbling to think through some of the decisions you've had to make that were public. A lot of us have a lot of courage on Twitter and a lot of courage, (laughs) you know what I'm saying, on our Instagrams, but it's a whole other thing to have the courage in a space where I could be booed or someone can refuse to buy tickets or all kinds of things. And I know through the last couple of years, there were several social issues that you had to make a stand with. And uh, one of them was choosing not to play with a jersey that celebrates Gay Pride Month. And one was choosing to take a knee during the national anthem with the rest of your teammates to support um, the value of Black lives. These are complex Mm -hmm. answers. And everyone has the right to believe and think the way they want to. So we're not taking that away. I don't want any of our listeners to hear that. Um, But that means that you do, too, and that tolerance is tolerating what you believe and everyone else on your team believes. Mm -hmm. But it takes a lot of courage to say what you actually believe. (laughs) (laughs) believe It's not the popular process, thought process. Mm -hmm. So what went into your decision making process for these actions? What made you actually say, I am going to take a knee or I'm not going I'm not going to play in this game? Mm hmm. Yeah, um, I think for me, for both decisions was a lot of prayer and asking a lot of people to join me in that prayer. Um, people that are close to me that I trust would actually 
pray about what would be going on and that I knew would give wise counsel at the end of their time with the Lord on, on my behalf. But um, with the jerseys, I didn't necessarily have time to do that, but I took the time to do it anyway. Um, just because it was a decision where it was like, I have no idea how to address this. Because I think it goes back to you as a believer, like you want to show love in all that you do. Right. And you know, at the end of the day, if you don't wear something that would be perceived as loving, people are going to question your love. Um, and so I think for me, a big part of what was so hard about that decision is that I am a big, a big people pleaser. And I think the Lord's had to really work on me um, for that not to be what determines the decisions I make. Um, yeah. And so in that process of, yeah, yeah. I, I was there. It was hard. Um, and I, I mean, in the moment, it seems worse than I'm sure it looking back. I'm like, yeah, that really sucked. Um, but in the moment, it feels I mean, I felt like I was at the lowest I've ever been. And I think, again, that just goes because I wanted people to like me. And when you make a decision that goes against the majority of culture, like no one's going to like you for that. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was really challenging. And I think the Lord really used it to show me where my identity is, like whose I am and where my worth comes from. And it's not from words on Twitter or if people accept my views or not. Um, and so, I mean, the Lord grew me a lot in that season, um, but making the decision was challenging. The coach at the time had a partner and she had a child and that was the person I had to talk to um, about what I was doing and why I couldn't do it. Um, and so that was terrifying. I'm not a person of conflict and my whole <laughs> conversation was pretty much telling her that I loved her, but I couldn't wear something like this. And there was a, a quick tension that resulted from that for a while because it is hard to talk about um, those topics with people who are actually in it because that's one area of my life I've never struggled with. Um, so I, I feel like sometimes it can it can seem easy to say what you believe on something that you're not in the middle of. Um, and so I think just having that conversation with someone who had found, you know, someone to love and spend life with and to walk out, you know, her views with, um, was, was challenging. Um, but I think that, like you said, Missy, it's just at the time, like Twitter and Instagram were, I mean, they are still big, but mm -hmm. really big. And like when you're as an athlete, you're always trying to, in a way, brand yourself. Like you're trying to get endorsements. You're trying to um, get people to come to your games. Like you, you are advertising yourself in a sense in your team. Yeah. And so when you're publicly out there already, um, and then you make a view that or a stance that people don't agree with. It's only a matter of time before the voices come flooding in. Um, and so it was really hard for me to not even like read what was being put out there because of course you're like, well, I want to know what people are saying. And I wanted to defend myself right. and uh, everyone in my, <laughs> everyone that I knew was like, do not do that. Do not uh, become one with Twitter thumbs. Um, <laughs> but you, we all know that our Lord goes before us, so it is no need yeah. to do it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you definitely in the moment you want to you want to pick a fight with everybody. <laughs> so yeah. wow. I'm thankful for the smart voices in my life that were like, "Don't do that. <laughs> not, yeah. You don't need to do that." But um, and then I think just with the the kneeling, um, as our team did that for the Black Lives Matter. Um, again, prayed about it. And um, at the time I didn't, with the jerseys, I hadn't met my now husband, Matthew, but 
this time. Um, I've been married for a couple of months, which still seems like crazy. Um, <laughs> and so I invited him into praying with me about it as well. And, and I think we had actually, he had talked to Missy's husband, Deuce, about it. And because we just wanted to know, like, why was this so important? And what is our role in this? And I am mixed. I'm half black, half white. And so I think for me, the tension too was like, I feel like I have a foot in both worlds, but how do I actually approach this from a place that's going to love on both worlds? Um, and so I think in the course of praying, I felt like it was, um, it was a good idea on, on my behalf. And I felt like the Lord had affirmed that in my spirit when I had prayed about kneeling, because if anything, I should be able to say that black lives matter and not necessarily the movement or all maybe that's behind all of the agenda that can come with things that are pushed forward and things like that. But I think just being able to demonstrate that there have been injustices and there are uh, people that's hurting and that need to be reminded that they're equal and that they are valued and that they are loved. And um, my brother serves in the military. He was a Marine. And so I had a conversation with him about, you know, this was no disrespect to America or my beliefs or the freedoms that I do have here, but just an intentional demonstration of, you know, there are lives hurting. And if there's one thing that I can do, it's kneel. And, and, but it has to go past the kneeling in that case. Like when you kneel, like it's not, it's not good enough just to kneel and then do nothing about it. And I think our team really tried to be intentional as well. If we're going to kneel, there's also going to be an action step after this. Mm-hmm. And so I just think like biblically in both situations, I think the Lord is really clear about, you know, his intentions with marriage and his intentions with men and women. And, and so with a Jersey, it felt like that was the way that the Lord had, had called me to, you know, affirm what is said biblically. But I think I also affirm what the Lord says biblically in scripture too, that we're all made in his image and we're all, you know, image bearers in that we can rally with, you know, people when it feels like there isn't equality happening. Um, and so I, I mean, they were quick decisions. I felt on both instances, like I probably could have prayed for a month, <laughs> but each time it was like, you know, you got three days or you got two days to really seek the Lord on this. And that's where I felt his leading in both situations. So Jolene, I read that you are an ambassador for an organization called A Seat at the Table, which is all about mentorship for women athletes. And so I just would love for you to talk about younger girls and boys, particularly young girls, how how sports, team sports benefit girls. How did it benefit you growing up playing sports? Team sports, I think, were really beneficial to me because um, I think, again, it just builds a lot of different um characteristics and I guess just uh, helps you become more of a well-rounded person I feel like so I think sports just like taught me how to communicate taught me how to be confident taught me how to um, be dedicated to something to get better at it Mm -hmm. you build friendships you learn how to socially interact with people your age to um, chase after something together um So I just feel like there's so many things that sports prepares you for in the world, whether it's for school or a different team sport or um, the work that you might do when you get older. There's just so many different dynamics that go into sports that I think as a kid, you maybe not realizing that you're learning. But I know for sure, looking back on all the things that I went through by playing soccer, I'm like, man, yeah, I definitely 
learn something in the process of all this, not just how to become a better athlete, but a better person, a better communicator, um, all these things. So I think sports are huge for just any kid's personal development. Right. As a mom, we're constantly thinking through um, just for our own kids, what we can put them in. You know, COVID really has thrown off all of the little league sports for us right now. And so we've been walking through that, but just want them to grow in the ways you just mentioned. Yeah. Great. Now, we know that a seat at the table is a mentorship program for athletes, right? For women athletes. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's true about mentorship and discipleship, that if you're actually doing it authentically, it will keep you humble. Right, it will, yes. <laughs> it will not let your head vary. Right, but how do you deal with what are other ways that you deal with the success you've had? Like, we couldn't even begin to list all of your accolades and all of your awards that you received, <laughs> and the fact that people there's a world in which you live where people would be like, Oh my gosh, it's Jaylee Daniels! You know what I'm saying? How do you, <laughs> how have you been able to view your success through a Christian lens and maintain your humility and your the down to earthness that we all get to experience. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I think it, a lot of it comes from scripture. And again, I know that like we've already talked about mentorship, but I really do think that was a really big um, reason why I think the Lord has allowed me not to get ahead of myself. Mm. Um, Cause it'd definitely be easy, not just because of anything I've personally done, but even the teams I've been a part of, a part of have been super successful. Um, and so it would be easy to, you know, prance around and be like we've won this and we've done that and and we're only we're going to keep doing that and I don't just to get really conflated in it all and I think the Lord um just constantly being reminded that this is all a gift from God I mean there's nothing that I've been able to do or the success that I've been able to attain by my own means and I think that oftentimes that can be hard for people um to hear from athletes because there is a lot of training and there is a lot of dedication and sacrifice but again like I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for the Lord and like his saving grace and all the things that he's done to allow me this opportunity and what my parents have done to let me keep playing soccer. Like the fact that my first job was as an athlete, like <laughs> most people are like, I had to work like Starbucks or had to do tart, like all these little things where, you know, and so I think there's just been a lot of, uh, a lot of grace and a lot of outpouring in my personal life from other people that I think it would just be wrong of me to ever think that it was all my own doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I don't know, I think it's just, and I think probably that I've never been super confident. It's not really a easy thing for me to do of being like, yeah, I'm that good. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> we all know too, the Lord will find a way to put a hole in our big bubble if we try to let our, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, the one year I think with like my U14 team, we won state cup and I was like, finally we made it. And then we get to regionals and we got absolutely destroyed. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> we had it for a while. I'll just go back to my, That's my humble position. <laughs> you know, well, after having such a great career overall, how did, what led you to the decision to retire last year? Um, it had been on the back of my mind for a couple of years, honestly. Um, I think everything that happened with the national team and just kind of rebuilding who I was and, and being confident in that again took some time, which I'm really thankful I didn't step away after that whole situation because it definitely crossed my mind. Um, but I think it had, it had been on my mind for a while. I met my now husband and um, I've always wanted to be in ministry and I still don't really know what that looks like for me personally, but 
have always just had a heart for the church and wanting to be a part of that. And so, you know, when me and Matthew would sit down and kind of dream together, we want to plant a church one day. We want to, you know, take on the call of ministry together. And so I think just kind of life situations happening, COVID hit, gave me a lot of time to think about, mm-hmm. is this something I want to continue pursuing? Um, we were in a bubble for almost two months in Utah and just kind of being separated from family and friends. And I think as you get older too, you just start to think about all the other things that you'd like to do in life and venture into. And so um, I think just kind of the year that 2020 was, was just kind of like, this feels right. And we prayed about it and opportunities came up for us to move to Colorado and to start pursuing some of the things we both wanted to be in together. So it just seemed like a good fit. It wasn't the ideal year to go out. Like our team didn't win the tournament wasn't a real season in some capacities but I still had a lot of peace about it and I've enjoyed it so far so what are you doing now well I am working and that's been an adjustment <laughs> not not only working for two hours but now it's like six so I'm like this is new <laughs> but uh yeah so I'm working right now with my sister which is kind of cool that's the bonus of it I get to see my sister every day um, and I am in school. I'm working on my Master's of Divinity in Christian Ministry. I really have a heart to, I hope one day when we have our church that we'll have a flourishing women's ministry. And I want to be a part of that. So it's kind of, I'm kind of in the middle of transitions and everything. I'm just That's kind so of awesome. navigating as I go. <laughs> that is so awesome. Can, do you imagine that the Lord will, I mean, none of us know the future, but can you imagine that he will bring back around soccer somehow in your life for ministry or could you ever imagine yourself stepping back into that world as even a chaplain or are you guys more just like no we're we're over here on the church planning track now um I think that there will still be some capacity of me being involved in sports somehow um as much as I thought I wouldn't be I have no desire to coach um that's never really been on the back of my brain Um, But I have had a lot of opportunities to speak at FCA or to come out and and hang with soccer teams, which I do enjoy doing, those kind of things. So I think in some way, I don't know what that'll look like, that I would still love to um, have some sort of role in sports and whether that's just to come alongside other believers and encourage them in their journey as athletes. Um, One of the chaplains in the league has asked me if, we ever had a team in Colorado if I was chaplain and I was like, well, if it ever came up, you know, and the Lord pushed me that way, I'd do it for sure. Um, so yeah, I haven't taken it completely off the table. I'm definitely not pursuing it, so to speak. Um, but I do think the opportunities that have come, I would, I'd take them as they come. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So now that your career is the, the most active part of your career in sports is behind you. What advice or warnings would you give to younger Christian girls who have dreams of being professional athletes? And on the backside of that, what would you tell their moms <laughs> yeah. trying to pursue that? I mean, it's, it's a lot to consider yeah. from both ends of that. Yeah. Um, I think I would tell younger girls that are pursuing careers in athletics is um, to not give up. I think there's going to be a lot of days where you're, probably going to get tired of it and like I said there were times where I thought the sacrifices weren't worth it Um, but looking back I think the way that the Lord led was just sweet and if I would have done anything differently like 
I don't think I would have experienced all the things I got to. Um, and so, yeah, and I, and I think just enjoying it, not taking yourself so seriously. I think now oftentimes um, as athletes, we can get so caught up in we have to do this to get here. And once we get here, we have to get here. And you kind of just get so future oriented. And I know I did that on a couple of days. And I think just being present, just enjoying the time that you have to do what you love. Because I mean, definitely now, like I am glad that with the choice I made to retire, but there's days that I miss it. Um, and I'm thankful for the memories I've made and the moments that I can look back on and be excited about. So yeah, I think just enjoying it and not to give up um, along the road. And then I think for parents, um, specifically, I guess for moms with their you know daughters as athletes, um, be ready for the drama. <laughs> I think my mom definitely had to put up with a lot of my emotions in the process of being an athlete, just the competitive side, being too hard on myself on, on some days or not caring enough on other days. It's just, it's a journey for, I think, everyone that when you're in ath athletics. So I think just the moms having like the grace and just the encouragement. My parents knew nothing about soccer growing up. And I honestly think that was a blessing because there wasn't like the, the car rides full of you should have done this and you should have done that. Or how'd you feel about this game? Or what'd you think of that path? Like there was no, I think, coaching from my parents. It was just like, man, like we enjoy watching you play. And even on the days where I'm like, I had a horrible game. They were like, well, we didn't know you looked great to us, you know? So like, <laughs> I think just that part of it too, of this letting your kids enjoy it and being there for them. And, you know, and I think just as believers too, taking the time to remind them of where their gifts come from and who gets the glory at the end of it. My mom did a really sweet job of that, of always reminding me and my dad, he'd always be like, well, did you do your best for the Lord? And I'd be like, well, yeah. And he's like, well, then that's good enough. You know, like you did what you had to and you tried your best. And so I think that just sweetness of my parents always being my biggest cheerleaders, but also reminding me of the t where the talent came from was, I think, cool. It is like good advice for all moms. I have, <laughs> there is more drama than we can handle, but you're right. Just really <laughs> being willing to meet them where they are is what you're saying is all good. Advice. Yeah. Really good advice. Yeah. Right. And then not pressuring, just letting you enjoy it. I think that as moms, don't we want our kids oh to succeed? Yes. And be the <laughs> yes. You can be so. better than all of them, baby. Right. I, know. <laughs> I mean, my mom had her days where she was like, we're going to get this scholarship. You know, but, you know most of the days she was she was pretty chill that's so awesome. <laughs> that so awesome that's a great ending Jaylene thanks so much for just coming on and sharing your heart and um, I just believe the Lord is is gonna bless your faithfulness to him and um, thanks so much for sharing today yeah thanks for having me and thanks to you listeners for joining us today. Don't forget to grab your copy of the Women in Work podcast discussion questions. Again, our vision is to help lead you and your friends from work or your neighborhood or church into meaningful conversation that will help you take the next step of faith into your calling. If you were encouraged by today's show and don't want to miss an episode, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, take a minute to rate and review our show. And with that... We hope you've been inspired to more confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. Thanks. Thanks.